Here is the closing Schwab market update as of 4.15 p.m. Eastern Time, 15 minutes after market close for Tuesday, May 24th. U.S. equities came off the lows of the day to finish mixed, with the Dow able to capitalize on yesterday's solid rebound. The markets continued to face a host of headwinds, notably stubbornly high inflation pressures that have forced the Fed to begin an aggressive monetary policy tightening campaign. The economic calendar disappointed as preliminary data on the domestic manufacturing and services sectors came in below estimates, new home sales plunged, and a read on regional manufacturing activity surprisingly fell into contraction territory. Meanwhile, inflation, labor costs, and supply chain issues remained evident in corporate earnings reports, with SNAP falling sharply after lowering its guidance. While Best Buy posted mixed results, Abercrombie & Fitch reported an unexpected loss, and AutoZone topped quarterly estimates. Treasuries were higher to apply downside pressure on yields, and the U.S. dollar added to yesterday's drop. Crude oil prices were lower and gold gained ground. Europe finished mixed, while markets in Asia were lower with China leading the way. The Dow Jones Industrial Average rose 48 points or 0.2% to 31,929, while the S&P 500 Index lost 32 points or 0.8% to 3,941. And the Nasdaq Composite declined 271 points, or 2.4%, to 13,264. In moderate volume, 4.9 billion shares of NYSE-listed stocks were traded, and 4.7 billion shares changed hands on the Nasdaq. WTI crude oil edged 52 cents lower to $109.77 per barrel, Elsewhere, the gold spot price was up $17.30 to $1,865.10 per ounce, and the dollar index lost 0.3% at 101.75. In equity news on Tuesday, Best Buy Company, ticker symbol BBY, reported adjusted first quarter earnings per share of $1.57, below the $1.59 fax head estimate, as revenues declined 8.5% year-over-year to $10.7 billion, north of the street's forecast of $10.4 billion. First quarter same-store sales declined 8% year-over-year, compared to the expected 8.6% drop. The electronics and appliance retailers said results were softer than last year as it lapped stimulus and other government support that boosted unusually strong demand, while it saw increased promotional activity and higher supply chain expenses. Best Buy lowered its full-year earnings per share and sales guidance. The company noted that macro conditions worsened since early March and those trends have continued into the second quarter. Best Buy traded modestly higher. Snap, ticker symbol SNAP, fell sharply after the social media company lowered its profit and revenue guidance for the second quarter as it noted that the macroeconomic environment has deteriorated further and faster than anticipated. The company also said it will slow the pace of hiring. Abercrombie & Fitch, ticker symbol ANF, posted an adjusted first quarter loss of $0.27 per share compared to the street's forecast of a $0.02 per share profit, with revenues rising 4% year-over-year to $813 million above the projected $799 million. 
Abercrombie & Fitch said inventories were up about 45% year-over-year due to increased in-transit inventory, higher units on hand, and increased average unit costs driven by freight. The company lowered its full-year revenue outlook but suspended its profit forecast to more closely align with industry practices and the company's plans to flex operating expenses in response to volatility in freight and other costs. Abercrombie & Fitch was down nearly 30%. AutoZone, ticker symbol AZO, reported fiscal third quarter earnings per share of $29.03, above the expected $26.18, as revenues grew 5.9% year-over-year to $3.9 billion, topping the estimated $3.7 billion. Third quarter same-store sales rose 2.6% year-over-year versus the expected 0.1% decline. The auto parts retailer said both its retail and commercial sales performance exceeded its expectations, with the former remaining healthy considering tough comparisons to a year ago. The company said inventory increased due to inflation and its growth initiatives, while its gross profit decreased, primarily driven by accelerated growth in its lower-margin commercial business. Shares were higher. The S&P 500 was unable to capitalize on yesterday's rebound after registering a seventh weekly drop last week, and the markets remain choppy as investors continue to grapple with the ultimate implications of persisting inflation pressures and expectations of an aggressive Fed monetary policy tightening campaign. Schwab's chief investment strategist Lizanne Saunders notes in her latest article, Signs Point to Rising Recession Risk, how rising inflation, rate hikes, supply chain problems, and the Russia-Ukraine war have contributed to growing recession fears. Lizanne mentions that despite a drop in consumer confidence, spending has held up so far this year, and many indicators remain at solid levels. However, she says that rather than looking at the level of data, sometimes the trend is more important. In other words, better or worse may matter more than good or bad. You can follow Lizanne on Twitter, at Lizanne Saunders. You can read all of our market commentary, including our latest article, Stock Market Volatility, Schwab's Quick Take, on our Insights and Education page. And you can follow us on Twitter, at Schwab Research. In economic news on Tuesday, the preliminary S&P Global U.S. Manufacturing PMI Index for May declined to 57.5 from April's unrevised 59.2 figure and versus the Bloomberg consensus estimate of a decrease to 57.7. The preliminary S&P Global U.S. Services PMI Index showed growth for the key U.S. sector in May slowed to 53.5, compared to expectations to decline to 55.2 from April's 55.6 figure. However, growth remained as readings above 50 for both indexes denote expansion. S&P Global said the measure of input prices moved to the highest level since 2009, but output prices slowed from the record pace set in April, adding that companies reported that, quote, demand is coming under pressure from concerns over the cost of living, higher interest rates, and a broader economic slowdown, end quote. 
In housing news, new home sales tumbled 16.6% month-over-month in April to an annual rate of 591,000 units, well short of the Bloomberg consensus forecast calling for a rate of 749,000 units and below March's downwardly revised 709,000 unit level. The median home price rose 19.6% year-over-year to $450,600. New home inventory rose to 9.0 months from March's level of a 6.4-month supply at the current sales pace. Sales fell month-over-month in all regions except for the West. Sales in the Northeast were higher year-over-year, while sales in the Midwest, South, and West were lower. New home sales are based on contract signings, offering a timelier read on housing activity compared to the larger contributor of existing home sales, which are based on closings. The Richmond Fed Manufacturing Activity Index surprisingly fell into contraction territory with a reading below zero for May, plunging to negative nine from April's positive 14 reading and well below forecasts for a reading of positive 10. Capacitalization, new order volume, and shipments dropped into contraction territory and employment cooled significantly, while prices paid accelerated and remained severely elevated. Treasuries gained ground and yields have been choppy as of late as markets anticipate tighter Fed monetary policy amid the backdrop of persistent inflation and signs of slowing economic growth. As the Fed launches a series of rate hikes to try to cool off inflation, check out Schwab's chief fixed income strategist Kathy Jones's latest article, Bond Market Reset, What's Next?, in which she discusses how major central banks are hiking interest rates rapidly and shrinking their balance sheets in an effort to quote-unquote normalize policy. Kathy addresses the question hanging over the market, what is a normal policy rate? Be sure to follow Kathy on Twitter, at Kathy Jones. Amid this backdrop, also check out the latest offering from Schwab's Director of Fixed Income, Colin Martin, and Director of Fixed Income Strategy, Cooper Howard, titled Eight Questions on the Bond Market and Rate Hikes. The yield on the two-year Treasury note lost 12 basis points to 2.49%. The yield on the 10-year note shed 10 basis points to 2.75%. And the 30-year bond rate fell 9 basis points to 2.97%. Tomorrow, the economic calendar will include the MBA Mortgage Applications Index for the week ended May 20th, as well as a preliminary look at durable goods orders for April, forecasted to have gained 0.6% month-over-month, while both Orders X Transportation and Non-Defense Capital Goods X Aircraft are estimated to have increased 0.5% month-over-month. In afternoon action, the minutes to the Federal Open Market Committee's last policy meeting will be released. In international news on Tuesday, European equities were mixed following yesterday's solid gains and a string of several volatile weeks with conviction remaining hard to come by. Persistent inflation has been a driver of the recent volatility, exacerbated by some poor earnings from key retailers out of the U.S. as of late, and has prompted some major global monetary policies to tighten. The Fed in the U.S. has led the way, along with the Bank of England, 
While the European Central Bank has lagged, but European Central Bank President Christine Lagarde said yesterday that the central bank will likely be in a position to exit negative rates by the end of the third quarter. Jeffrey Kleintop offers his latest commentary, The Three Bears, discussing how stocks, bonds, and cash are all in a bear market or teetering on the edge of one, a very rare event. He points out, over the past 72 years, there have been only two prior periods with a triple bear. Jeff adds that a bull market is likely to return, as it typically has, but the timing is in question. He notes how every period is different and there can be no guarantees, but it is worth noting that the prior periods featuring any of these three bears were often very brief. You can follow Jeff on Twitter, at Jeffrey Kleintop. Moreover, the war in Ukraine is still ongoing, adding to the list of bearish sentiment drivers, and Ukraine recently said it had ruled out any ceasefire that involves giving up territory to Russia. Some key preliminary May manufacturing and services PMIs from S&P Global were digested. Eurozone manufacturing and services output slowed more than expected, but both continue to depict expansion. UK business activity also slowed more than expected, but continued to grow, though the region's services sector output decelerated sharply. In other economic news, French business confidence for May held steady compared to expectations to dip, while UK public sector net borrowing for April rose but came in slightly below estimates. The euro moved higher versus the US dollar, but the British pound fell. Bond yields in the eurozone were mixed, and rates in the UK saw solid pressure. The UK FTSE 100 index was down 0.4%. France's CAC 40 index fell 1.7%. Germany's DAX index decreased 1.8%, and Italy's FTSE MIB index declined 1.1%, while Switzerland's Swiss market index traded 0.2% higher, and Spain's IBEX 35 index gained 0.1%. The stocks in Asia finished broadly lower as conviction remained empty amid the host of headwinds facing the global economy, while geopolitical tensions between the U.S. and China have nudged higher. Inflation continues to be the biggest discussion as central banks globally have turned hawkish in an effort to combat the persistent pricing pressures. However, China has bucked the trend and cut rates on five-year loans last week in an effort to boost the economy due to recent lockdowns from a rise in COVID cases. To add to the mix, President Biden said he is considering lifting some Chinese tariffs to help combat inflation. China announced further stimulus measures today, but Chinese markets led to the downside as the measures appeared to underwhelm. Schwab's Jeffrey Kleintop discusses in his article, Recession in China, how China's economy and consumer market has likely slipped into a recession, at least by China's standards. Jeff takes a look at the short-term and long-term impacts of an extended disruption of the lockdowns on consumer spending and business output. With the ongoing war in Ukraine, festering supply chain issues, and lockdowns in China persisting, The markets digested some preliminary May reports on manufacturing and services. Japan's services sector growth accelerated and its manufacturing output slowed slightly but remained in expansion territory. 
Australia's manufacturing and services sector growth both slowed solidly but continued to expand. Japan's Nikkei 225 index declined 0.9% with the yen gaining ground late in the day to continue to recover from its tumble versus the U.S. dollar seen in March and April. China's Shanghai Composite Index fell 2.4% with tech stocks leading the way and the Hong Kong Hang Seng Index dropped 1.8%. Australia's S&P ASX 200 Index dipped 0.3%. India's S&P BSE Sensex 30 Index was down 0.4% and South Korea's Kospi Index traded 1.6% to the downside. The international economic calendar for tomorrow will hold the leading index from Japan, a first quarter GDP and consumer confidence from Germany, as well as consumer confidence from France.